0: Previously, on Pop Culture Parent. What up? What up? What up, internet? Who you are? What you be? Where you at? Where you see? This is Pop Culture Parent, your favorite podcast on the interwebs. And we're talking about a serious subject matter today. We're talking about the X-Men. What X-Men? The X-Men that started in 1992. But before we get into it, I'm one of your hosts, Mark M.F. Jones, and I'm joined by...
1: This is Niels, R.Y. A.K.A. Tell Cyclops I Made Him a Convertible.
2: <laughs> <Good one. laughs> and this is Shannon, A.K.A. He's the Assassin! That was a deep one I had to find today, Bishop. So <laughs> yeah, yes. he said it was such like assassin,
0: such, <laughs> such hate in his voice. man <laughs> hey, we got to talk about Bishop.
1: Anyway, I am excited, uh, to, to bring back in a, an amazing person, my role model, a nonprofit leader, a change maker, a X-Men historian, and all in all, just an awesome guy, the one and only Dr. Michael Stevens, welcome back to Pop Call
2: Parent.
3: Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me on. Hey, hey again, thank you for having me. It's so good. I'm Mike, aka Magneto Was Right. And this is such a good time to be Woo-hoo! here. This is the best time to be here. I'm so hyped, man.
1: <laughs> you knew we were having anything X Men related, we were going to bring your tail back to Pop Call Parent. So excited. And look, look, Pop Call. We had like a last minute audible, like, hey, should we do an X-Men episode? Yeah, we should do an X-Men episode. I text Mike. And in a matter of hours, he was like, yes, I'm down. I'm ready. Send me the info and I'll be there. This man had no prep. He just showed up. And was like, yo, I am ready to talk about X-Men. And for yeah. that, I appreciate you, brother.
0: Mm. And in fact, he he sent literature To all our houses of like how Magneto was right. He's like, you read this. You do read this before the podcast so we can talk.
3: (laughs) Whole pamphlet. (laughs) Excuse
0: me, your brother. Can I talk to you about how Magneto was right today?
3: (laughs) Outside
0: of Safeway, just handing out Magneto was right. (laughs) So yeah, the reason why we're getting we're going to talk about X Men specifically the ninety series X Men is there's a lot going on in the world of Marvel. You know, in the Super Bowl there's a Deadpool trailer, and there's been screenshots of Hugh Jackman in the in the traditional yellow and blue Wolverine uniform that looks like the one from the show. D uh, not DC Disney released the trailer to X Men '97, the sequel series two x-men the animated series and the internet just went nuts about it so we're like why not this is a perfect time to talk about x-men the series talk about what's happening and and maybe some thoughts about x-men 97 so before we get into it you know always Nels got that dope history yo let's go Nels. what do you got
1: y'all are gonna have to tell me to stop because i'm about to go in (laughs) on the x-men Okay, so the X-Men animated series started in 1992 slash 1993. Is kind of interesting. Like, they previewed us, y'all. And you may not remember because 92 was a minute ago, but they, like, previewed the X-Men a few times in 92, like Halloween and Thanksgiving. But then it actually kicked off the series in January 1993. X-Men lasted for five seasons and 76 episodes the while the show is to a degree supposed to be like an original story but those of you who read any x-men comic books you can tell that they mostly adopted chris claremont's run of uncanny x-men we talk in the dark phoenix saga days of future bass genosha there's just a whole bunch of stories that chris claremont wrote that have showed up in in the x-men so for those of you who have only watched the X-Men, the animated series. And anytime anyone who is an X-Men head talks to you about X-Men and you can keep up, it is because they have adopted a lot of one of the best, if not the best run of X-Men through Chris Claremont. So just some of that for you to know a bit about the, the launch of the show. So Fox kids, I mean, we, we, we kind of all owe our childhood a little bit to Fox kids. They, Specifically, we're looking for edgier cartoons to put out on Saturday morning. They had already done Batman, the animated series, and they were looking for a way to like bring additional like like adult ish cartoon shows. And they brought in the X-Men. And what's wild is if y'all can just remember this, what is wild is for Saturdays for years, we had a Batman, Spider-Man an X-Men cartoon, all on the same day. One network. In Mm -hmm. one network, 30 minutes apart from each other. (laughs) For years. (laughs) We're talking three of some of the greatest shows, shows in general, some Mm -hmm. of the best adaptations of superhero shows were all on the same network, all around the same time, every Saturday on one network. It is ridiculous. I just wanted to take a minute and just acknowledge the ridiculous that
2: is. So we didn't had know what we have, man. They
4: had crossovers, <laughs> Mike. You're right. They yeah. What a time sure to did. Be alive.
2: What a time to be alive.
1: <laughs> man. This episode of Pop Culture Parent is brought to you by Black Nerd Coffee. Black Nerd Coffee was started by Elliot and Annie, two HBCU grads who became obsessed with making the perfect cup of coffee you can enjoy black, no cream or sugar. In their journey to create the perfect cup of coffee, they wanted to learn as much as they could and share that knowledge with their family, friends, and community. That desire to learn more became a delicious obsession. Over the years, they have enjoyed trying, celebrating, and sharing coffees from around the world. They believe that taking the time to make the perfect cup of coffee is an intentional and therapeutic form of self-care. I have to say, without a doubt, this is the best cup of coffee I've ever had at home, and I've been obsessed with this brand ever since. Want to check out Black Nerd Coffee yourself? Head to blacknerdcoffee.com and use the discount code POP20 to receive 20% off of any 12-ounce single origin coffee. That's POP20, zero, for 20% off any 12-ounce single origin coffee. Another thing that is wild and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. I did a little bit of research on this, but I, I could, I could not find for this to not be true. Did y'all know that X-Men, the animated series is the first successful Marvel TV show? There have been other Marvel TV shows before this. Of course, we all remember Spider-Man and his amazing friends. We remember like two different live action Spider-Man shows. There were some, I, I'm i pretty sure, like, there was the, well, actually, the Incredible Hulk. So, the live action, there were some uh, successful live action TV shows. But as so far as, does like. What
0: successful mean? Like, what is it,
1: Successful means, numbers, number-wise, it is considered the first successful Marvel TV show. Wow. I, I, wow. It, it, it sounds <laughs> baffling to me. But then you see the numbers. X-Men at a time had 23 million households watching it. On a regular basis, twenty three million—that's DBZ numbers, y'all. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> twenty three million people are watching. Y'all that's X- Game
0: of Thrones numbers so on a regular ba-
1: the, On a regular basis, they were—that's the average numbers they were pulling. You know what I'm saying? They had they had like entire rooms full of fan postcards talking about how much they loved X Men. Wow. It was the it was so popular. That that money they made from X Men funded the launch of Power Rangers. It gave Saban <laughs> enough money yeah. to purchase the rights
0: to do Power Rangers. That is how that's how ridiculous X Men was. On uh-uh. Good so, lord. So hold out. on. I'm sorry. So X Men, the just the milk money profits from X Men the animated series went to buy one of the biggest kid franchises of all time. Like that just blows my mind. <laughs> that is correct. That is That insane. is correct.
1: That is that so Fox again. This look 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 y'all. I got I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to talk about this. Fox at a time had Batman, Spider-Man, X-Men, and Power Rangers. And that wasn't even all the best shows that they had. You know what I'm saying? They had Beast what? Beast Wars. You know what I'm saying? So like Transformers.
0: Duh, you know what I'm saying? That, so that executive, like that studio, like executive office must have been like the Wolf of Wall Street. It must have just yeah. been like <laughs> caviar, champagne, tigers <laughs> just <laughs> running around like, oh, my goodness,
1: 23 now, million. And, and OK, and, and I will be quiet, but this is the, the last point I have to say. It They started from scratch. They were competing with Disney. ABC had tailspins, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and the Gummy Bears. They were like they looked at that and were like, "I got something for you," and gave you the lineup that I just said. And they instantly took. Do you know how hard it is to beat Disney in anything? But you know what? Let uh, alone cartoons. Come on. You know what's
0: so interesting? Like you, you, you named like because I remember that lineup: the the tailspin, DuckTales, Darkwing Duck. Like I forgot about Goof Goof Troop. Troop. Darkwing Duck. Thank you. It, it, that what was done there is so interesting because nowadays people just want to copy it they're like oh you got a you got a bluey we need a bluey oh you 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 got a spider-man we need a spider-man you got a game of thrones we need a game of thrones but they looked at that they're like okay they have a solid hold on this demographic of children so we gotta just we gotta find our own they're making hamburgers we gotta make tacos you know what I mean? And, like, we got to make the best tacos that ever existed. And, and like, I feel like that's not done in Hollywood anymore. Everyone just wants to copy whatever is popular and not find their own lane. So, like, that that's nuts that they did that.
3: And if you uh, – so, if you remember back – so, when X-Men the Anime Series came out in 1992, like, I remember the big, the big unveil was, like, the first two episodes were, like, the teaser. And you could go to Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut was giving the VHSs out, and like at that time, like you know, you like fast forward. You remember, like if you wanted to go get like a toy, a Power Ranger toy, you can go to McDonald's. Ain't nobody else have it on lock. Like, like Pizza Hut used to have it. And to do like a big night, like you you go you go to Pizza Hut, have a nice meal as a family, and then you get these VHSs and go to watch it. Like at that time, like it was in every single household. Like it be, it was like a pop culture phenomenon, and literally like like within a weekend.
0: You know, I'll just say like at that time of my life, as as what I don't know. Let's say like seven, six year old young Mark who would beg to go to Blockbuster, beg get hundred hundred percent on a spelling test just to walk into a Blockbuster. If you as a franchise gave me a VHS, like I am your loyal customer for life, dog. We <laughs> like pizza. Yeah, with pizza, pizza,
4: pizza. pizza. <laughs> pizza.
3: Yeah, I'm, we go into Pizza Hut only. All I want is Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. If you ever get a moment, just go and Google. It was like classic art. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's that's what got so many people just like hooked into X Men all off. It was all off of going to Pizza Hut. And then seeing and seeing this crazy artwork and then you
2: watch the VHS, you're done. It's all, it's almost like tears of joy and nostalgia, like welling up in me right now, <laughs> just because <from, laughs> I was like, it's so beautiful. It was <laughs> like, and and even just thinking, of that, I'm thinking like, Pizza Hut with their you know the bucket thing where you know talk you, about it, talk yeah, about it, read the books, get your free personal pan pizza. So not only were they doing that, but also here, come get your VHS of X Men. It's like Pizza Hut. We yo Pizza Hut knew what they were doing, man. They did. Like, what between <laughs> the VHS
1: book it and, and just to remind you all, Pizza Hut used to be a sit down restaurant. Oh, right. Yeah. Like you would go to Pizza Hut. It was family style. You would sit down. They have buffet or they bring you a pizza and put it on the table with those red cups that made the water taste better. Yep. Made the soda taste better. Like Pizza Hut was a sit down restaurant and they just had this entire thing. They just got us.
0: You know what I'm P- saying? Pizza like, Hut used to be. Oh, we just won our little league game going to Pizza Hut. Oh, your auntie's in town? Pizza Hut. Oh, you you got you got a good report card? Pizza Hut. I'm telling you, man, there's something that will always be dear in my heart. The 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 green lights over the, the salad bar. Yeah. those red cups. Yep. The sit down Pac-Man in the corner and the yep. cigarette vending machine. Oh like, yeah! This just something just like will always live in my heart about that. Talk about a good like. Friday night! That is a great Friday
1: night you described right there. Don't yes. no more. they
0: don't. They don't do they it don't no remember. more.
1: Mm-mm. Yeah. Anyways, so that's the history of X <laughs> Men the animated
4: series. <laughs>
1: Oh, man! (laughs) so I was thinking, fellas, there's a lot. There's I mean, this is one of the greatest cartoons ever. This is arguably one of the greatest Saturday morning cartoons ever. There's a lot that we can talk about and there is a lot that we're going to talk about. But I think it's fitting to start off our conversation with talking about the intro. And I will start off. There's a reason, y'all. We are talking about the intro. The intro does not have any words. All right. The start of X-Men does not have any words. It is a song by Ron Wasserman that goes, oh, look, I got too excited. It goes, and then it just goes from there. And I, the reason I want to start with the intro is because it's one of the greatest intros in television history. One of the greatest intros in cartoon history. When people talk about some of the greatest theme songs, they mention it. They mention it. It may not be the top, but they mention X-Men. Right it's in the combo. It's in the conversation. And the last thing I will say is the animation at the time, you know what? It still holds up. I won't even say at the time. Oh yeah. The animation for the intro is some of the most impressive animation I had ever seen definitely in the nineties and they didn't have any words, but they explained the entire show to you. If you had never heard of X-Men, which a lot of us in 92, 93 did not know anything about X-Men. When we first saw the show and saw the intro, we, we instantly understood everything was going on. Okay, that guy has claws. That guy shoots lasers. Okay, yeah. they're the good guys. That's the bad guy. That's the leader. That's the other leader. He has magnetism powers. Say less. I'm all
0: in. Yeah. Let's go. She controls weather. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess she looks naked, but
2: I guess that's a jumpsuit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't touch anybody. <laughs> <laughs> when that came on, You know, it was, it was a good day. It was a good day. Just like you said, it explained everything. And we've said this in some of our previous episodes as well. They just do, shows just do not make great intros like that anymore. And like you said, the way that that one just broke down everything. And even till now, so I'll say we got like, when we got Disney plus like a few years ago, one of the first, things i did i was you know going through the catalog oh what they got on here and i saw they had the x-men animated series on disney plus i tell you i watched the entire thing all five seasons and i am pretty sure for every single episode you got the option to skip the intro (laughs) no let that intro play let it play get me you know get my palate cleansed and ready for it go (laughs) that is just how good it is all what 75 76 episodes I listen to the intro for every single one.
3: this deck. <laughs> yeah, like I love the intro for two reasons. One, like the the song, like the the melody is iconic. Like it you could be anywhere, I'd just be like on the I'd be on the train. Somebody go. Da-na-na-na. I'm like, what's happening? Where's the X-Men? <laughs> you instantly like go. You know what you're looking for. But then the other thing I really like about it is just like the actual opening scene, like it is action. Like they they jump, they jumping out of a plane, they fight and they squatting up. And then like at the very end of the intro, it's like okay, it's us versus them, and we go ahead at it. You like you know what you about to get every yeah, episode. like that build up. The
0: yeah, man, like yo, when, when the when the intro first starts and it, it's like I love the way it opens. It's like you see the the letters, it's like the close up of the letters X-Men and then like the jet flies and you see like Rogue and Storm. You're like, "Yo, what is this?" And then the the title like I remember I remember me and my boy, we would act out this intro. When it came on like with Wolverine like
4: Wolverine machine. <laughs> like, Bro, yes, I used to do the same, thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> with these yes. glasses
0: ah, in the sky, like, we would do that all the time. Man, man, this this is one of the greatest, I'm gonna say, just TV show intros ever. And, Nails, I think you said this about Power Rangers, everyone sings this song, and there's no words, but everyone didn't it? You know, like, it's just something primal that it just, it gets us. And yeah, man, it it's a classic. It's a classic. I love, it brings joy to me every time I hear it.
1: One thing I'll say, one thing I love about that intro is the last part when you see Professor X do the mind thing and Magneto go like this and they're staying off of each other. That was too good. We did not deserve, we did not deserve that at that age. Like what? Like the epicness, like that, that should have been on HBO. Like, I don't know. That, that was yeah.
0: wild that we I got love something that quality. When, when Cyclops is shooting on the Sentinels, it's like, Dee-doo-doo! and then Storm does a little, like her little, like lightning bolts. I'm like, yo, these dudes are like, oh man, like that's what a, that's what a theme song's supposed to do. Get you hype for what you're about to see and get you in the mood, man. Um, so, funny enough, I wanted to share something with y'all. Did y'all know that apparently when Disney acquired this show and everything, that they almost had to take out the theme song? No. Mm-hmm. Why? Wow. So, so and like, I just found this out this morning, dog. So, I'm gonna I'm share a link with y'all. They, there was a lawsuit that the X-Men theme song copied another TV show's theme song. This is a Hungarian show called Linda. It's from 1984, right? So I guess, you know, they're lying. You're lying. lying. No, I, no, I swear. I swear. I don't Hungarian, believe It's a Hungarian show called Linda from 1984, and there was, like, a lawsuit about, like, I guess Saban or whoever, they said they took this theme song. So I'm going to share this with y'all, and you just tell me what you think, all right? Linda! Shout out to the but, but shout out to the podcast because this is where I heard this this morning. But uh, what's y'all's reaction to hearing that <laughs> and knowing the story about uh, the lawsuit?
2: I for me, I start thinking of uh, so. Did you recently hear the thing where, or at least I just heard it where? So let's say the song, yeah, like it was supposed to have the freak elite beat, or whatever. So I'm sort of like, this is maybe. Yeah, to freak a leak. Whereas, like, I see there, there's some similarity, but I'm, I'm like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I, I do see some similarity there, but I'm like, uh, I don't know if it would be like lawsuit worthy. <laughs> there's a small
3: part of it. I'm like, okay, I hear, I hear like the little, but like, I hear that piece, right? But yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's not worth ruining my childhood. But more importantly, I was watching the, the intro. I want to watch this show down. I, sure. I want to watch Linda. That was my immediate reaction. Linda looks dope. <laughs> where can I see Linda? Where, where this is looks Linda like streaming?
1: This is watch a Linda. Hungarian six million dollar man, and I need to see more of it. <laughs> but no, nah, this is this is. Uh, have y'all heard the story about Ray Parker Jr. and Ghostbusters? And uh, I need a new drug. This is yeah. a, this is the same thing. Like so, Ray Parker Jr. stole the theme for Ghostbusters from I Need a New Drug. Like. Is the it's song the song sounds exactly the same? Y'all watch it for another day. Whenever we do our Ghostbuster episode, I will go in on Ray Parker Jr. for another day. It's a, it's one of the few times a black person steals something from a white person when it comes to music. <laughs> it almost never happens. <laughs> one of the few times that it happened, bro. They stole that song.
0: I, you know, look, I was going <laughs> hey hey Shannon Shannon and Mike. I think I think y'all are trying to you know protect your childhood. <laughs> like, I, I get it. I get it, but like that joint a little too similar.
2: It is a little. It's it's not exactly Ice Ice Baby to Under Pressure. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. but it's different because. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, If they went
0: then, I would
4: I would have yeah. had to. Yeah, the podcast yeah. would have yeah. been over.
0: <laughs> like no, that that I think that's the saving grace, right? They're probably in the courtroom playing this They're like, look, but right there they didn't go like if they if they stole that, it would have been a wrap. It's like give mm-hmm. them the money, take it down. So I'm not sure where the court case landed, but apparently, you know, we have X Men theme song on Disney Plus, so. It's for the better.
1: Uh, Look, I I can tell you exactly what happened. Disney. Disney got stupid money, all right? (laughs) Disney (laughs) talked (laughs) to whoever in Hungary and was like, what you want? What you want? Yeah, I got you. I'm Disney. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I am your... I can't have... This TV show without this theme song. We done spent the first part of this podcast talking about the <laughs> intro. <laughs> They're going to pay all the money and have all the lawyers to make sure they got that theme song. I have no and, doubt that is whack. And
0: Nels, you you know though, you know there was one person like, oh, do we do we really need this theme song? They'll come and watch it. And there was just one one person who was like, No. No, <laughs> you cannot, you cannot have this show on this platform. Without that theme song, it will be the yeah. end of us. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we will lose 25% <laughs> of our Disney Plus subscription. We promised them X-Men we need to get this theme song.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of another equivalent. Oh, like, that's, I feel like. Oh, it's Pokemon. Like, it's the equivalent. Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pokemon coming You can't, on, you can't on, watch
1: Pokemon without watching no that theme song. song.
0: You know, it's, 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 it's not happening. It can't happen. Yeah.
2: So,
1: I mean, any, any song in the 90s, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the the beauty of the X-Men TV show, the beauty of X-Men as a franchise, and Mike, tell me if I'm wrong, but the beauty of the X-Men as a franchise, and one of the things that I'll talk about later is why there is nothing like X-Men, no matter like where you look at, especially when thinking about the big two between DC and Marvel, there's nothing like X-Men. The beauty of the X-Men is the roster of the X-Men team. Um, there's been different iterations of the X-Men team. This roster is is based off of brand new X-Men, Mike. Like are they called brand new X-Men? Not the the first team was like X-Men, but the second team, it's like brand new X-Men. That's when they went international. They have parts of that. And then of course, when you look at the nineties run, right before they or excuse me, the 80s, late 80s, 90s run, right before the TV show started. That's when Jubilee was introduced, and Gambit, and and things of that sort. They took those new characters and and Rogue, and embedded them into this TV show.
0: Is it, so is that because I remember seeing? I remember like I had a buddy who was into comics or something. And he showed me a picture of the X Men, and it was like Beast, but he didn't have any fur. And I was like, I was like, I was like, where would you get this bootleg? I thought was like, oh, you went to Chinatown and got the bootleg because <laughs> like I'm I'm used to seeing it on Fox Kids, but it was like. Beast didn't have no fur. Wolverine had like the brown and yellow, and I was yep. just like, I was, I was disgusted. I was like, Ugh. like the way Bishop says assassin, that's like how I felt inside. I was like, Ugh, get this out of my face.
1: <laughs> Mike, can I start, and then feel free to jump in and Go correct right me. Yep. The original team of the X Men were all young, mostly American folks. That included Jean Grey, which she was known as Marvel Girl. Cyclops, Beast, Iceman, Angel—like I think that was everybody, right? Yeah, yep, it was bird that bird. was that was the original team. Some stuff went down. The team, like the that that run ended with, and the new run started with that team getting like stuck on a mutant island, and they were all dying. Cyclops made it out, and Professor X is like, Bet, "I got to recruit a team." And so he goes across the globe and recruits <laughs> international mutants. He goes to Africa, gets Storm. Goes to I think Canada and gets Wolverine. Russia to get my Colossus. favorite X Men, Colossus. Like, guess the brother from Irish. Guess the 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 guy from from Asia that like leaves the team right afterwards. Basically, like,
0: really... the, it's basically the plot to Mighty Ducks too, huh?
4: Just
1: like... Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It is, and they're led by Cyclops. They save the team. And then the rest of the X-Men are like, well, you got better people, so we're leaving. We're not going to be X-Men anymore, (laughs) except for Beast. (laughs) And so, yeah. And so that team is essentially like, that's when X-Men got popular. And that's like the most well-known iteration. But the reason you don't see Colossus and Nightcrawler and some of the other folks on this one is because the team that, were part of the X-Men around the time right before the show started was when they introduced Rogue and Gambit and some of the other folks like fell off so while Colossus is one of the most popular X-Men Nightcrawler is one of the most popular ones because around that time in the comic books they had switched in with some new characters that's
3: why they weren't on the animated series but Mike please please yeah, I was going to say like once once they brought on all the international players, the original 5 went they they did their own team for a minute and that's when you got the comic book X-Factor. So it started off with like the original X-Men, and they became their own little thing. And then the X-Men kept adding more and more people. They added Jubilee, they added Rogue, they added Gambit. So like now you got this big this big group and then when they brought the original 5 back, then they broke them like now you you got like that's when the X-Men roster was like j- just everybody is there. They, they at one point they were bigger than the Avengers. So then they separated it out. And so then they there were two teams. Cyclops led one team, and that was the X-Men Blue. And then Storm led a separate team and it was the X-Men Gold. Mm. And so when the way that they did the for the animated series, most of the people now they, they put Storm over on they put Storm over on this team as well. But like most of the people on the X-Men animated series, I think it was like the X-Men Blue. So like a lot of the people like Psylocke, Nightcrawler, Colossus, Banshee, a bunch of them in the series. Like they in the comic they would have been on the X Men Gold, but then in the series they just kind of like sprinkled them in here and there. So like they they just had so many people that they had. That's how they kind of start to condense the roster down for this one. Ain't nothing like X Men, man. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. goodness
1: gracious. I was thinking because the power of of this show of of the franchise is in the characters. It'd be cool to just talk a little bit about some of the main characters in the show. I'll start off with Cyclops. And this is what I'll say about the X-Men animated TV show and Cyclops. I believe this is my hot take. Cyclops is one of the greatest leaders in comic book history. But the start of his downfall <laughs> in, 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 in media is the X-Men animated series. Because yep. before this, I agree now. Before this, when you just knew of Cyclops from the comic books, Cyclops was the man. Like he was pound for pound, arguably as good of a strategist as Captain America. Like yeah. the brother was like, like leading a superpower team that rivaled the Avengers. And then all of a sudden we saw him every week get hooked. And I mean hooked by Wolverine. And our little child minds <laughs> were like, why is this guy the leader? He is getting punked, and I mean punked. At one point in this show, Wolverine was caressing, and I think I've said this a few times on Pop co Parent. Wolverine was caressing a picture of Jean Grey, a picture that was ripped. <laughs> it was a picture of her and Scott, and he had ripped it. Caressing it with his shirt off and the door open, talking about how much he loved Gene, and they live in the same house. This man, your
4: wife,
0: dog, mess, your what? wife. <laughs> your
1: I wife, think my dog. AKA this episode was when he made Scott's car his nice car, a convertible. This man mm. got punched week after week, and I swear to goodness that was the downfall. Because then when we got to the movies, James Marsden got punched on a regular mm-hmm. basis by Logan and he's been punked. It took up until this new iteration of X-Men for Scott to finally get some of his cred back, but it has been decades here. He's been punked, Yeah. so that's all I wanted to say about now, Cyclops. Now i turn to you. y'all. Like,
0: this show did not do Cyclops any favors, dog. He yeah. has, like, maybe one or two moments. I think in the first episode, he's, at first, he's the only one that, like, does damage to the Sentinels, but then, like, and then the episode with Mr. Sinister was like, You want to mention my friends? And he like, you know. <laughs> but he's got yo, he's got a mad 1987 Leonardo Leonardo energy. Like, guys, professors gonna get angry at it. And there was like, yo, shut up, Cyclops. Shut the shut the hell up. Mary
2: <laughs> Gen X. Mary Gen X. <laughs> Wasn't there a couple of times he's like Wolverine just like punched him in the stomach and he just yes. like did nothing. Literally. Yes, <laughs> literally. But, but yeah, I'm like, you can tell like from that, even if you hadn't read the comics, like you're saying, you can tell, yeah, he's he's meant to be the leader, but like Wolverine becomes such a fan favorite and everything. It's like, well, who cares about uh, this yeah. guy Daniel?
0: <laughs> and I remember as a kid really wanting to like Cyclops. I was like, yo, you yeah. got laser eyes? You got yeah. this dope leather jacket too? And you rocking the blue and yellow, but like... Die, dog!
3: You just—you a punk. Die. It was episode two when Wolverine, like, I made him a convertible. Like, yeah. <laughs> how you keep how how you not how you not getting back with him all throughout this? And then like you Jean Grey is like Jean Grey's your girl, and then like at Jean Grey starts to become like all the story is about her, and like every like everybody ends up like getting taking up so much space, but then Cyclops. The, the most space he ends up taking up is when his dad popped back into the scene. Yeah, his dad is like, "Yo, dad been out in space doing his thing, dog." Like that's <laughs> that's what we that's what that's what we talking about. Like he he never grabs as much attention as everybody else around him.
0: Yeah. Do y'all do y'all remember the episode when they got married and like instead of going to the wedding, Wolverine goes to the Danger Room and like kills a bunch of like si- robots to look like Cyclops. <laughs>
1: I'm like, yo, and like, like, I'm you know like, what that's been to my little child mind. <laughs> I was like, yo, you live with them, you, you live, live with, with
4: them.
0: That. <laughs> Dog, this is their wedding day! Th- dog, not only did you... Not, and, and the greatest thing about it is he was still in, like, his tux. He, like, couldn't even... He couldn't even go stand in the room. He's like, I gotta go kill a bunch of Cyclops robots. And what yeah. I love about that is because Cyclops obviously knows, yo, Logan's not here. Okay, well, we know what that is. But, like, the Danger Room, that's gotta be a database. It's like, oh, well, let's see what oh, Logan yeah. did in here. Yeah. <laughs> and you live with him. <laughs>
4: The search Y'all eat memory. breakfast
1: in the same room.
0: Come on, bro. Yo. And, and you know, I think Logan's the type of character. If Psycho's like, hey, hey, Logan, listen up outside. And they just went at it. And I think, like, okay, that's it. Then we went at it. It's done. You know, but like, no, no. He's like, he, he's like, he, and Cyclops would always be there in the corner and like, Gene, I just want to tell you. And she's like, Logan, I can't. And Cyclops just over there in the corner, just Mister. Oh, is it okay now? Or did you tell him? <laughs> like, come on, dog. What,
1: can I can I ask y'all a question? Because there's either two things that happen: one, Cyclops does not give a damn, and he's just like, I I do not, I I do not care about Wolverine. Like, I am this secure about our relationship that Wolverine means nothing to me. Or two, which is what my child, like child, Neels, thought of the latter. It's like I need him he is the best he is at what he does and what he does is not very nice and I don't want the smoke <laughs> mm-hmm. like I need him on the team and I don't want the smoke flirt with my lady all you want I don't know what Gene did a Wolverine I don't know if they had some some quality time at at, at certain points before the series started because that man is sprung and this man has been alive for hundreds of years and he has <laughs> sprung. On Gene. But anyways, what do y'all I'm curious, what do yeah. y'all think that was?
0: My my take is I think I think Scott does not want to challenge Wolverine and God forbid lose. And then that being the back of Gene's mind Ooh, every day for the rest of their marriage, just like I don't think he can I don't think he can live with that. So he's like, you know, we got a nice we got a nice Cold War balance, me and Logan right now. We'll just hate each other in silence. You know, and and we'll just
3: live how we live. Yeah, I I think it's like he, he he got the work hat on too much about this. It's like yo, you forgetting like yo, like he he is like he got eyes on yo on yo girl, but like he's like okay, well no, I think he he he's thinking about it only in work. Like okay, I need to keep this thing together. <laughs> I need to that he's, he's not thinking about it like the way Logan was thinking about it, and like
2: clearly you're missing it because that man. Yeah.
3: He wanted his wife,
2: absolutely, and and like saying that too, it, it's just like when you were saying that he's been alive for hundreds of years, Wolverine. I'm just like, you mean you went through World War II? Like, there, there was somebody in World War II that you were like, you know, this is this is this is who I'm getting with. There was not somebody in. I don't know, whatever came after that, like those things. Vietnam. Yeah, terrible. Vietnam. We saw the movie. You were in all the wars. <laughs> yeah, <it>. yeah. <laughs> and throughout all the wars, all these different countries, you're like, still, I want her. And by her, I want your girl. <laughs> like not, not, not the single woman I met in Cambodia back in the day. I want your girl. <laughs> so no, no, I, I. I agree with that. I think maybe 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 a little little something happened and Uh, Wolverine is stuck on it. So. Well, I'm gonna I'm give a little 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 flack to Jean. Like she never created she never created
0: any like solid boundaries. She was like, look, she ne- stop, bruh.
4: stop. we were gonna go talk I'm about with-
0: Jean. <laughs> <Yeah>. she, yo, <laughs> she toxic. never did that. She Jean- never she let's, never did
4: we, that.
1: Let's talk about no <laughs> no. Let's talk about Jean. Let's talk about <laughs> Jean. I have things to say. Jean Grey is toxic as hell. All right. <laughs> Jean Grey in this show is toxic as hell. She never set boundaries. All right. Now, maybe this is the thing in the 90s. Maybe we just realized the power of boundaries now in in the 2020s. But I'll be damned. No, she could have ended that. And she was like, Wolverine, you have no chance. I want nothing to do with you. Scott is my husband and I love him. And this will never be a thing. If she said that, which she never did, I watched all 76 episodes. (laughs) She ain't never said that. (laughs) She wanted her cake and eat it too. She wanted that. You know what I'm saying? She had no desire to create boundaries (laughs) with Logan. Because at one point, I swear to goodness, she was just like, Scott might die one day. And that's my man. That (laughs) is my man. She said no boundaries. She toxic as hell. And guess what? Here's my other hot take. I think she liked being the Phoenix. I think the Dark Phoenix saga was just her letting loose because she's toxic as hell. I don't know how much the Phoenix Force chose or did all that stuff. I think that was her. It, whatever. She 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 is a problem. She is a nuisance. She needed to be off the team. She ain't never done right by nobody, and she was <laughs> a punk for half the show. She would use her power. She was, she should have been one of the strongest mutants. She used her power. And I swear it only worked for five seconds. And then she was crying on the floor like, someone help me every episode, bro. Dude, if
0: I was, if I was on the team and I was ever in a situation of like, all right, right, Cyclops Wolverine or like Cyclops Storm, Beast and Rogue, and like, like Mark and Jean, I'm like,
4: damn.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Cause like, I'm like, all right, Jean. All right, we gotta sneak in this place. Grab them, grab the guards' keys. Grab the the couple ounces keys off the desk. She's like,
4: uh, 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 like, come on, Gene, this is all you can do. <laughs> Gene, you're an omega level mutant. You're one of the guards. Why are you acting like this? Close oh the windows, goodness. Gene. Can
2: you close the windows? <laughs> 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 Fine, I'll do it. <laughs> Yeah. Look, I even locked them, too. Locked
0: them. <laughs> Damn. Gene passed out again. She, like they, Because they would always be like, hey, Gene, can you just locate? Don't even communicate. Can you just see where everyone else is in the building? She's like, I'll try. Ah! Did you, like, <laughs> fall down?
4: Like, yo, are you serious right now?
3: <laughs> if we want to make a drinking game? All you got to do, how many times Gene fake? Every time Gene fake, I got shot. Everybody's done. Everybody drunk. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> getting <laughs> drunk. Literally. Like,
4: oh, man. You know, hurt
0: face. You, know, you know, on every, like, football team, there was that one, the one dude who, like, always got hurt. And it got to the point where, like, oh, God, here we go. Like, I feel like that's what it was with Gene. People were like, come on, Gene. <laughs> You can fly, you can do all this stuff, but like I would rather take Jubilee with me. I'm like, nah, at least she can (laughs) solar some people. Like like, like we Did you say solar flare? Yeah, she could solar flare, so like I can't see.
2: I can't see out of my eyes. That's stage. Better than what Gene did. Great.
1: (laughs) And and Mike, can you just can you just color in
3: Jean Gray in the comic books is a beast. They write her like the Jean Grey in the animated series, she stay in the house. She stay in the house and she watch the action. But in the comic book, Jean the one out there active. Jean like she throwing stuff around, she flying, she doing play by plays, she taking stuff apart like at the atomic level and all this like Jean the one you don't want to see coming. But in the comic book like she stay she stay in the house. The only person who Jubilee get more active than than Jean Grey. And that, that that's all that's all I gotta say. And it's when, that's not a look. When
1: Gene Gray show up in the comic books, when Dream Gray when Gene Gray shows up, the villains are like, damn, like, oh, we gotta take her out first because she's the monster. Yeah. And think of the gene that we got in the
2: in the cartoons. You know what? As as y'all say that, a thought just came to mind. So as we get into, you know, the the studio and this and that and like the, the movie world. Do you think that's part of why... Do you think they're they're dealing with that problem? Because So let's say if they're saying, okay, we we do these things where we know a lot of people, they know X-Men because of the cartoon. They don't know anything about the comics. So therefore, in their mind, this is what Gene is. But then we also are, are sort of dealing with the fan base of, okay, they've read the comics and they know what Gene could be. And that's why I don't think... You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm also like that's why I don't think we've really had a great movie version Jane either, and it and that's why it gets so weird because she, as strong as she is, obviously in the cartoons she's weak and stuff, but then you know she becomes like as she's Phoenix and everything, basically almost the strongest thing in the universe. It's this weird thing where it like it, it just doesn't line up. It's like you either weak or you are the strongest thing, but she just out of control.
0: Before the experts chime in, this is yeah. this is my theory on a on a media, like TV movie level. I think it's because and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, when it comes to shows, all T V shows and movies, it's like Gene and Scott are like one character. It's like it's like Gene can't do nothing without worrying about Scott. Scott can't do nothing without worrying about Gene and like that's pretty much all their character is. It's like I love Scott. I love Gene and and there's nothing else there. And I feel like maybe that's why we don't really get those like badass gene moments in like the movies or on TV. That's just my
3: theory. Yeah. Like to be fair, the movies don't do anybody justice. I feel like there's only probably three of them. They they <laughs> did they do Professor X justice. Yep. They'll do Magneto Justice. Yep. They'll do Wolverine Justice.
0: Yeah. I say Mike, Mystique too, to a degree. What about what about and I don't know much about the character, but what about Nightcrawler and X2? That Nightcrawler scene, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just <laughs>
3: you the expert. If you said it did it, I would have believed you. But I would have been heartbroken. But uh, <laughs> nah, they 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 did Night they did Nightcrawler justice for sure. And later that on, scene they did him justice. Yeah. Later on, oh. they start to do Mystique.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Hundred percent. I I to to your react. My reaction to what you said, Mark, is Scott and Gene's relationship is a plot point in the car in the comic books like there is it's the fact that like these are two of the most important and powerful mutants and they are in relationship with each other and it's like why sinister is obsessed with them they have children and their children are some of the most important mutants in history like scott's family is important in every way shape or form like there's just stuff that happens with them scott is low-key the main character You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? And Gene is low-key one of, if not the strongest mutants out there. And so their dynamics is, is like, I mean, they're two of their original X-Men. You know what I'm saying? So, like, their story is, like, part of the story of X-Men. It just so happens that Wolverine has become the most popular X-Men. But, like, the stories have originated from Scott and Gene. You know what I'm saying? So, Mm -hmm. I, I hear you, and I think that's part of it. I have no idea why they punked out Scott and why they've punked out Gene. I, I cannot tell you <laughs> why that was, the, that was the, the, the thought process for the 90s cartoon show. But you know what? That's what raised me. So that's going to be in the back of my head all the time. We've talked about Wolverine a lot. I'm curious if there's any other things y'all want to say about Wolverine. The only thing I'll say is this. He has some of the best lines, if not the best lines in the show. This man is, he has a great quote every episode. He that is a it.
0: psychopath. He is... He is the nineteen eighty seven Casey Jones. Like <laughs> I'm gonna turn him into shish kebab. It's like, you know, like, like every every line from this guy is a threat. Every mm. single line for Wolverine is a threat. And then the yep. show is like, I'm gonna cut him up, bub. It's like he, he he is on something. But
2: I love it. I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. No, no, definitely, definitely one of my favorites, and 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 I'm like, he's earned the right to have that attitude because he's like the only one that can't be hurt, like for real, for real, you know. I mean, until he runs up against Magneto, who is yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, I don't think they ever
0: do that in the show. I don't think they ever addressed the no. metal skeleton. Am I wrong? I don't ever remember that. That's why I remember in the movie, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Wolverine be useless against Magneto. But I don't, I don't ever remember seeing that in this show. Do y'all? They
3: did. They did an episode where they went back to like the Weapon X, the Weapon X program, and I think that was when they also introduced Alpha Flight. So like the Canadian version of like the the Canadian superhero team. So it was it was it was it was light, but they didn't like go through it. Like no no no. And then when they did Lady Deathstrike, so yeah. the the woman with the adamantium like yeah. bitch that she can't do like that she cuts everything up. So they 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 did touch on it like a couple of times. I was actually they didn't touch a lot on his his healing factor surprisingly. Like I yeah. think it only did yeah. look like one very apart. subtly. Very Some line subtly, subtly drops here and there, there but yeah, yeah, they don't
0: really <clears> throat> throat> show it too much. The the thing like I know what you're talking about Mark
1: because right around this time there was a comic book issue where Magneto legit rips out wolverine's adamantium skeleton and so he's just a lump of meat with adamantium sticking out and you can't put that on saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, yeah. so i don't mm-hmm. think they were ever going to go that deep and emphasize that because the comic books they're like oh yeah we'll we'll play with your imagination we'll tell you what could really happen when it's magneto versus wolverine so
0: yeah I, i'll the last thing i'll say about wolverine the only criticism i have in this show my my dude's civilian uniform is, like, I don't know what, like, that that jacket with that yellow shirt and them brown boots. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this man has one of the coolest outfits in comic book history. Y'all couldn't get him just, like, a black jacket, maybe, like, a. T-shirt? <laughs> it really makes you wonder what they think about Canadians.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, legit. He's the meanest Canadian I think I've ever seen. Yeah. like You know what I'm saying? Ryan Reynolds, Alex Shereck, Logan. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. very different. <laughs> I want to say a particular hero for last. So I'll just throw a few names out there. And if y'all have anything, feel free to share. That includes Rogue, Beast, and Gambit. Curious of what your thoughts are. I'll just say with Gambit real quick, the Raging Cajun. I think he introduced me to the world of folks from Louisiana In the Mm -hmm. entire Creole Cajun community. So, that is my appreciation from Gambit. He is a scoundrel, but you love him. So,
0: yeah. And and Beast is great and and Rogue is awesome. I think if they were looking for a way to get women into X Men, girls in X Men, Gambit was their way in. I feel like I remember a lot of like playground talk and hearing girls talk about Gambit. Like, I think that was a lot of young ladies' first crush was Gambit. And then, like, dudes just. Like the cards, the fire cards, his little metal pole, like, and his red eyes. They're like, "Yo, this dude is cool." And and, and his power set. I remember, I thought his power set was he could make cards <laughs> turn like like explode. And I was like, "Oh, that's it, just cards." But no, he can touch anything and make it like volatile. But um, I think he became a fan favorite too, Absolutely. and probably because of this show, man. And like, I remember in the movies, everyone, where's Gambit? Like, it was like the. The the Poochie, where's Poochie? They should be talking about Poochie, like and when Gambit's out on the screen, everyone should be like, where's Gambit? You know. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And sadly, we still haven't gotten the solo movie. And like, but yeah, definitely a favorite. Yeah, all all of that as we as we mentioned those. Yeah, Gambit definitely one of the favorites. Rogue, like so so interesting because I'm like Rogue. I feel like is one of like these, these strongest, like just like literally strongest can fly and all of that. And then has this love interest with Gambit. And, and, you know, just like realistically, the way she's drawn and everything, people be like, oh, like Rogue is like the most attractive but literally cannot touch a person. Like, you know, if she were to touch you, kiss you, something like that, you will die.
4: <laughs> yeah. So.
0: I think besides Wolverine, Rogue is one of the most like her character design is so great. It just like catches your eye. Like she's just, like she's in her Jamaican flag outfit. And she's just, like, you know, (laughs) she's just, like, you know, bright, you know, bright green and yellow. And then, like, the, the different hair color, um... And like Rogue was like low key one of my favorites till when I saw the X Men movie, I was so upset. I was like, this this ain't Rogue. Who is this? Who's this little crybaby? Who's like I can't I can't touch nobody. I'm going like I'm like who the hell is this? Like Rogue like Rogue gets in there. So Rogue's a tank.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think I think she was low key a fan favorite too, man. Like I, I, the voice actor. It, it, it it's hard to do that like Southern Belle and that sounds silly, but she, she nailed it. And like, she was always down. She's like, all right, let's go, let's go get them. Let's go jump in there. Um, and like you said, she was like the heavy hitter, you know?
3: Yep. Yeah. I would say beast out of beast was supposed to be the X-Men's version of like, they're, they're supposed to be like the X-Men's genius, right? Like they're like resident Iron Man and Reed Richards and all of that. And, like, that's probably like, that's part of why he's the big furry one he is now. And like, they talked a little bit about it, but they didn't go, like, super in-depth. The moments he did that, it was really cool. And, like, you know, he also can do some fighting as well. Something I wish I would have seen with this one. So, in the comic books, Beast ends up taking a really dark turn. So, he ends up in, like, a couple of different moments, like, being an actual villain. And, like, the team has to handle him. And but he, you know, he big, furry, strong, and smarter than most of them. So like he ain't the easiest to handle of of the bunch. So even though that doesn't show up in the animated series, it was why I all like once you know I, I'm really in my fandom and stuff where I'm like I still keep why I keep my eye on Beast and like that's the that's the thing I keep wishing for with that character because like when he takes off into that that sort of thing, like he becomes the the X Man that actually goes goes. Off on 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 the dark end becomes like dark beast, if you will.
0: Mike is in in the comics is beast like you know with bat like Batman with enough prep time, Beast is unstoppable.
3: Is he that kind of character? Nah, not not really, not really. Like he, they still can get him. Like what what ends up the problem was like most of the time the folks are on the X Men like they don't realize how how far down how bad Beast has got until like. It's like oh, it's about to be like lights out for everybody because this stuff Beast did, and Mm -hmm. now they're trying to catch up to him. Like, it's
1: like Lex Luthor. Imagine if Lex Luthor was a mutant, Mm, like that level genius and and thoughtfulness and like strategy and planning, but like in a diabolical way. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's just so happens he's a good guy. Yeah, (laughs) just imagine if he was a bad guy. Like, yeah, problems for everybody. (laughs) Mike, you you hit a spot on. Beast is a lot more complicated of a character than we get in the animated show. Granted, I love Beast in the animated show. Like he's, he's the, he's the soul, honestly, of, yeah. of the team. I would just say like, if if you want to hear some, some crazy stuff with, with the Beast, like, just keep reading. X-Men. <laughs> You'll get every version of Beast you want. Like at one point Beast was a part of the Illuminati. Like Professor X was gone and Beast was the mutant representative on the Illuminati. And mm-hmm. like there is like even like this last iteration of Krakoa and the mutant nation, like Beast is a problem. Like he's the he's a genius. And so they welcome him and they put him to use but like they all acknowledge that this man needs help like he, he yeah. is diabolical and he needs to focus on something cuz if he doesn't it, it's a problem for everybody the man is too smart you know what i'm saying like he begged with Reed Richards you know what i'm saying he like <laughs> can have an actual conversation with Reed Richards
0: you up there. You up He's there. He's up
2: there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the
0: problem. Hey, I just wanted to address two things before we leave characters, especially because something I want to ask the, the experts.
2: I just want to throw in a mention Morph. Morph! Morph! Because I feel like you're always going to take the game, but Morph risked his life for the one X-Man that couldn't die anyway. And, then, and I feel like they just never really, <laughs> I don't know, he never fully got back to, you know, I feel being like being fully the team. utilized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: And and PTSD,
2: yeah, 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 And so, I, like that, that one always got me because I'm like, like I like morph and. Yeah. He but, needs some
0: sleep, them circles around his eyes. Yeah. Really Snap back after that. Yeah, yeah.
4: After being, really
1: a... after being coming back to life and hanging with Sinister, it was some rough times. It is a... Yeah, yeah. I saw
0: some stuff, man. Morpheus you called better help or something, man. <laughs> you gotta talk to somebody. Yeah,
2: man. Yeah. But sorry, just just wanted to mention him. Go ahead. I feel like I know who I knew where you're going.
1: Yeah, <laughs> all right. So we're gonna talk about Storm. Storm is one of my favorite superheroes all time. I'm just going to list Storm's accomplishments. But before I say that, I will say this. Storm is, if not the greatest black, she she is the greatest black superhero in my opinion. Her only competition is her husband. Her only competition is her husband. Like Storm to me is the greatest black superhero. At the time of us watching this show, like I think the only person we may have seen was Black Lightning from Super Friends. As a black superhero, it wasn't that many of them. And so one of the first ones we had was Storm. And Storm was the lieutenant of the X-Men. Like she was right behind Scott. And if you remember the show, anytime Scott needed to think through a strategy, he was kind of talking to Professor X, but most of the time he was talking to Storm. Like Storm was like his thought partner on figuring everything else out. Mike already shared that Storm was the leader on the other team. Storm also was like, I'm pretty sure the headmistress when Professor X was out, like she was actually in charge of the school. She was the leader of the warlocks. She was considered a goddess in Africa. Like there are people that worship Storm and she's like, I think her, her people are from Harlem. She's like half American, half African. And so she can hang out in Harlem, but she was worshipped on the continent. So. I I I have to like. She is one of the coolest characters ever. She's one of the best leaders ever, and she's one of the best black superheroes, if not the best black superheroes ever. And I think she did us proud. And it's because of this show they didn't like stereotype her. They could have done some crappy stuff to Storm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like this, especially in the early like,
0: '90s. In the early been, '90s, it could have left have some real bad. terrible stuff <laughs>
1: with Storm. <laughs> Horrible. But they made her fashionable. They made her stylish. They made her cool and they made her a sound and legit whole character. And she had episodes where she was the lead and the focus. And they Mm -hmm. were some of the best episodes out there. So I say all that to say
3: I love Storm and part of it is because of this show. I'm going to add just two things. One from the comic book and then one from the show. So in the comic book, there was a point where she lost her. So she lost her mutant powers. And when she lost her mutant powers, she went through this whole little journey. She challenged Cyclops for leadership of the X Men. She had to fight Cyclops hand to hand. She had no powers, and and he had his mutant powers, and she beat Cyclops hands down, wow. just off of, with hands like that. Like that was the, the in the so like in the comic books, like she's like certified, not just like her powers is awesome, but like Storm got hands and like. That, that is that is is like written every and, and knives everywhere um, <laughs> everywhere then <Montoya Robinson. laughs> in, in the in the in the animated series like, I heard that Mike. <laughs> what is what about favorite parts about like what, there was a scene where the juggernaut came onto the scene right so they all trying to fight the juggernaut and they all know like yo nothing we do stops him storm drops a building on this man like when you think about like beats of power in this show like you know gene fainting every 10 minutes Wolverine gonna get him Jean scratch you <laughs> like Cyclops gonna blast you it's like storm lifts an entire building and drops mm. it on somebody like you don't like nobody else on this team is doing anything like that like granted he, he still got up later on but like just in terms of like sh- street cred like storm like oh the high yeah. the high mark the high mark
0: I remember rooting for Storm a lot as a kid because, like, she was she was a black superhero. And
3: I was like, oh, yeah, Storm's so
0: cool. Man, she's doing this, blah, blah, blah. My only... And, and I think even her design was cool. Her little, like, kind of a double cape arm yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. You know, as a young boy, I could appreciate the skin-tight white suit. You know <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, so I can really appreciate that. But uh, by, by one thing, I thought Storm was so cool, but just something about... Her Shakespearean spoken word to conjure up her powers. I just like, does it need to be like that? Do you need the power of wind and fire? Because like, like, can you just can you just like,
2: (laughs) wind bestow on me your turbines,
0: (laughs) the ancestors? You know,
1: (laughs) I I love the gravitas though. I loved it. I loved it. I think there was one episode. Rogue was like, enough with the theatrics.
0: <laughs> just do it. Just, just do, do it. it. <laughs> just do it. Stars has got like a whole thing she got. She's like, this whole routine to get it. A- <laughs> Can you
4: imagine how
0: intimidating that is? This sister starts
1: flying in the air. Her eyes turn white. She lifts her hands to the sky and starts saying those bars. Bruh, that's intimidation. All of that is intimidation.
3: She's trying to scare you before she actually gets to you. Yo, she dropped bars on you before she zaps you. Or mm-hmm. it just sweeps you off your feet. You can't, <laughs> you gotta respect the gangster.
2: You gotta. Mm-hmm. And what's funny, you know, you know, the rest, you said Rogue said something, but I'm like, you know, the rest of the team, they were probably thinking like, bro, like, will she stop talking? To but, but they ain't gonna say that. And they're like, well, you tell her. No, no. Yeah, you tell her. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't
4: gonna tell her. Yeah.
2: You know I'm, it's I'm, real because
0: Wolverine never said anything to Storm. Yo, he never had nothing to say about Storm. Like, everyone just like, get out of my way. Everybody on the show. He has never said a word and, to Storm. And like Storm, she never even like raised her voice. She's like, Logan, calm yourself. Like, like, like an auntie, like, like, like Aunt Viv. She's like, Calm yourself, Logan. Sit down. He's like,
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he started like, it. Yeah, like, he started you know it. He it, it yeah. you, yeah. Will you tell him to leave me alone?
4: <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> All right, y'all. Oh. Any other characters you want to talk about before we we talk about your favorite moments of the show? Yeah. Even though we said say, a few of them,
0: I just want to say two things about characters in general, real quick. So one, I'm gonna talk about Jubilee, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to ask y'all because I remember not really digging Jubilee as a kid because like and I said this before on on the show as a kid I didn't like the characters that were made for kids so like oh well let's get this kid character and that's what Jubilee felt like to me if she felt like she was created by committee and it's like it's the 90s what are 90s kids into and let's make a 90s kid an x-men and so it was just like you know it just it just never really worked for me is she cooler in the comics? Was she a character before this show? Like
3: I don't remember her. Like she didn't pop up much in the comics prior. The she's I always looked at her like she's a stand-in to me. So Kitty Pride. yeah, yeah. So Kitty mm-hmm. Pride, aka Shadowcat, like her her mutant power, like she could like phase through stuff. Yeah, like if if you think about that in terms of like this, how they were doing the animated series that is nowhere near as exciting as like somebody who can do fireworks out their hand. So mm-hmm. I feel like they just, they swapped. They, it was like a, it was a stand in more or less. And Kitty I- Pride
1: played like a big role in the comic books. Like some of your like most well-known X-Men comic books, Kitty Pride plays a role in them. So like, mm-hmm. she's a, she's a prominent character. And of course she gets with Colossus later on, but like, she's, she's a big deal. So I think, when you talk about like an X-Men story, you have someone like Kitty Pride. I don't know why they went with Jubilee, probably for diversity reasons. And I can respect it. Uh, also, look, y'all, I appreciate the Bret Hart glasses.
0: I like it don't it don't
1: it don't take much for me. <laughs> like, you got Bret Hart glasses. I'm gonna be a fan. Be I think a fan, the design so.
0: was the design was nice. Yeah, and but like the even the powers, it's like, yo, you have fireworks. You can make fireworks appear and it's just you know, but I think the first episode, they clearly wanted her to be the POV carrier character. They wanted her to yep. be the audience surrogate. I I I think she's the focus of the first two episodes. Yep. But they were like, Oh man, people really like this Wolverine guy. Yep. <laughs> you know, so they <laughs> ran with that. But uh yeah, I just like she just like in this show, I don't know, I'm I'm sure and then x 97, she's probably going to be more fleshed out, you know, but, like, I she, doubt it. she, she <laughs> feels I doubt like it. <laughs> she was created by committee in this series, you know, It was so, yeah.
3: I, I almost forgot, so, like, I think we talked about this before, I think y'all mentioned it before in, like, the previous iteration, of. but this is not the first animated series of X-Men. So, the first one was Pride of the X-Men, so in that one, Kitty Pride was the POV character. And it never got greenlit past the pilot, so I think they probably like mm. tried to. Okay, well they got a second, they got a a second a second chance, if you will. So instead of this time, they kept all the same characters, but like Kitty Pride is noticeably absent, and now yeah. Jubilee is the mix, and like they make like play up the ninety the nineties kid sort of theme a little bit more. Did and they then... call
1: it Pride of the X Men because Kitty Pride was the main character?
3: Yeah, they spell Pride
1: wow.
3: instead of like normal Pride
1: blew my mind. I did not know that. I did not know that.
0: Like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The last I... thing... Oh, my bad, Mike. We you about to say something? Nah. The, the last thing I want to bring up before we leave characters is I guess how forward-thinking X-Men is as a concept, right? And I'm really interested to, in the climate that we live in and the toxic fandom that we live in. I'm really interested to see where the audience... How do they react to this show? Because... You know, we hear it all the time, like, "Oh man, you guys went woke." Oh, they made a female character the lead because blah blah blah. And when you look at this this show back in the '90s, and and now we have this discussion all the time, like a lot of sci fi back in the day is very progressive. Like a lot of sci fi from back in the day, if it was coming out now, people are like, "Oh, it's woke, it's woke." But it's like, nah, this is what y'all came fell, what, fell in love with. You just have a word to call it now, like to attack it with. And I was looking at this show, and I'm like, man. All the heavy hitters are women. Mm-hmm. All the heavy hitters are women, except for Jubilee. G- G- <laughs> Jean's supposed to be a heavy hitter. <laughs> it's like in theory, Jean's supposed to be a heavy hitter. Storm, Rogue—they're all women, and it's like—and it's not like there's not like attention drawn to it. It's just like, yo, we're the X Men. These are the X Men, and all the other characters know, like, yeah, Rogue will, yay, Rogue will crush you. Storm will crush you. Jean should crush you, but she'll probably faint. You know, and it's just like I wondered, like, what do y'all think? Like, do you think it's going to be received well? Do you think people are going to like? Because X Men has always been an allegory for all these things: sexism, racism, you know, homosexuality, and it's and it's like I'm really interested to see how this all pans out when we get the new series. I, I was gonna say
2: I, I feel like we're we're already hearing the the stuff now because 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 like you're saying, you know, people have been like, oh, they they went woke, like. I've already been seeing comments and different things of like, even based on the trailer and stuff uh, for X-Men 97 and, and stuff where people are like, Oh, you know, they're going woke because of, you know, yeah, I think it was like a, a woman character or, or something like that. So I think that, that obviously that portion is still going to exist because, you know, cause then I'm like, they, they sound dumb because I'm like they, they were literally made after, you know, like what you mentioned, but specifically, I think even thinking like the civil rights movement, like, this is Malcolm X and this is Martin Luther King Jr. Like, like, you know, in terms of that. And then it's, it's, you know, symbolizing that. I think you're you're still going to have those people that are going to be like, oh, they went woke and this is this problem. But I don't think it's going to hurt them at all because I I think most people, if you love X-Men and stuff, you're going to love it. You're going to watch it. And then if you love X-Men and then on top of that, you are someone who's say social justice oriented you're probably gonna love it even more. So yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think it's gonna hurt them too much.
3: Yeah. I was gonna say I think just how big they how big the ensemble is for X-Men, like also give like it gives everybody a chance to see themselves and people, right? So like black women can see themselves in a storm. If you want if you were a straight white man and you in the world and you feel like the world is sitting around straight white men, you got you got Wolverine, you got Gambit, and you got Cyclops to choose from. Like if you're if if you're of Asian descent, like you have other like you have characters that you you have. So I think like one of the first things like just because of the the diversity of the actual group like you can see you you can typically see yourself in 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 one of the characters but then I think the other piece is like the X Men were written and kind of like it, it evolved into a thing where like it's very different than like the Avengers where it's like this is it is steeped in like being the other and like it's, yeah, so yeah. it attracts people who feel like they're marginalized in some form or fashion and even when they even the mo- the movies are bad. But even when the movies were bad, like people want like you go you wanna go see it because like, oh wait, I feel like a mutant at sometimes mm-hmm. like that like that that fan base is always gonna follow them, I think that fan base is solid enough to still weather through to weather through like that the, the current like backlash that people are getting i think I think it's gonna translate well for for this series, and I think I'm hoping that it sets up like it it sets up Disney to see like it's why it's worth it to like invest more time and space in their future live actions to like that universe.
1: Yeah. I, I the, the the, story of the mutants is the story of the oppressed. Like it always has been. It always will be. Well, I hope it always will be, but like, it is always about those who have been considered the others, like Mike said. And that is part of like why the X-Men TV show was so good is because it touched upon like, every single type of oppressed group in some way, shape, or form. Not all of them in the spectrum of all the folks who've been oppressed, but there was representation in every way, shape, or form. And you can see yourself in the X-Men. You can see yourself in the mutants. And that was the beauty of it. I'm concerned because there is an attack on showing diversity and showing representation in the media. But you know what my hope is? Not only is there a wide ensemble of characters, but the show is based in the 90s. And... Mm. Everybody loves the nineties. So <laughs> my hope is like for those who are on attack for anything that is seen progressive, they'll be like, ah, but you know what? They got, they got what, what's the cross colors?
0: Yeah. Uh, I can't, well, I can't, well, I
1: can't hate cross colors. You know what I'm saying? Michael shorts. I'm nervous for the,
0: the X Men 2016. <laughs> we'll, we'll see <laughs> how that one turns out yeah be oh, you man. know it will not replace us <laughs> walking down with their tiki torch. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> look scott, scott and storm we gonna have a really deep conversation
0: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> where were you on january 6th
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay can we say this right now what X-Men, are, what, what X-Men are at January 6th? Look, TV show or
1: comic book? Because those are two very different answers. Those are two
0: very different answers. You, you guys honest. are experts. You tell me, who's who's at the Capitol at January 6th as an expert?
1: There's one of them. There's got to be one. Yeah. There's got to be one.
0: Look, I'm going to say this. If he's not alive, if Professor X isn't alive, Scott's going to be there. Nah, <laughs> hey. bro. Com,
1: comic book Scott is about that life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like comic book Scott is about that life. He wouldn't stand it. Now, cartoon Scott Summers,
4: <laughs> <laughs> him, <laughs>
1: his brother, and his daddy might all be there.
3: Now, look, I might have some questions. I might worry about Rogue. I might worry about Rogue.
1: That, Ooh, yep. Really? yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yo, Rogue, Rogue, Rogue feels like she's been wronged. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And she's Southern and she's felt like she's been wronged her whole life. She might be looking for answers in the wrong places. I mm-hmm.
3: worry about Rogan Beast. <laughs> Rogan Beast. 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 Oh, That's no. the answer. That's the answer. That's <laughs> the answer. Beast. Then the ones you yes. gotta watch.
1: Yeah. Mike is right. Oh, beast is the not answer. Beast. Yeah. Not beast. No. Beast. Oh, <laughs> beast. Hey, you know what? Logan might be there too. I'm not saying he's supportive of the whole thing, but Logan, Logan is down for some anarchy.
0: Logan don't vote. <laughs> Logan don't vote, dog. Logan he don't, don't vote, but he's down paper. for
1: some anarchy. He ain't. He's he's down. He he'll want to see what's going on. Yeah. He ain't scared.
4: <laughs> he ain't scared of nobody.
2: Sabretooth
1: would absolutely be there. Yeah,
2: absolutely. absolutely. He's there. I was thinking maybe morph again. Thinking of him just because <laughs> just because morph. He just ain't been right.
4: He ain't he, right. They gonna
2: claim like yeah. like like insanity they or might something. Get yeah. Might get him. Yeah. Him. But he, but I feel like Morph would be there, and if and if he's still reeling out after that Mister Sinister stuff, he there wearing the Viking hat with the horns and everything. Oh man, that's more Poor just Morph. out
4: there. Poor Morph, man.
2: <laughs> Meanwhile, the X Men's just watching them on TV, like,
0: dang, man, Morph needs help. We ain't done really. Need Help!
4: Yeah. <laughs> like, Morph, <and> it's like, <laughs> really need help.
2: And it's like we know it's you, Morph, because you just changed your, you just shape shifted like twice. <laughs> like, I, I I just see I just see Morph becoming
0: like the Rick James and the Charlie Murphy stories, just like always, constantly bugging the X Men. <laughs> like, F your couch professor, like he's like, <laughs> kicking <laughs> Professor X's wheelchair, like you know, like man, Morph need help. We just did help him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So. Favorite moments of the TV show. I'll start. I have a lot of favorite moments, so I'm only going to name one. At one point, I believe it was the beginning of the season three, the third season. They kicked it off with an hour premiere on primetime TV. Mm-hmm. If y'all remember the episode, it was Lady, De- the premiere of Lady Strike and the... St- I think this was the start of the Shiar Empire run where they had the Shiar like ship and there was like this ghost mutant yeah. electric thing oh, that yeah. could only be hurt by adamantium claws. That was one of my favorite moments in TV history. I remember watching it eight o'clock at night. And that was the first time my mom watched X-Men and my mom immediately. <laughs> Immediately did not want me to watch X-Men anymore. She was like, <laughs> I cannot believe that they are allowing children to watch this show. She, cause the late, y'all, y'all may not remember, but Lady Deathstrike and, 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 and Wolverine, they were fighting to the death. Mm-hmm. It was serious. Yeah. It was, there was some pain behind those fall scratches to each other. Get and my all. mom was like, <laughs> I don't know about this yeah. one. She really liked Spider-Man after that. She was like, this is your lane. This, I think I talked about this on the Spider-Man episode. She's like, this is your lane. Like, stay here. X-Men, there's a lot of stuff going on over there. But by far, one of my favorite, like, it was so good.
2: It was one of my favorite episodes and favorite moments in watching this show. What yeah. about y'all? I'll say two of mine real quick. This was just sort of a, a funny one. Like when I was looking back, I was like, he was wilding. But so Bishop, when we get into some of that days of future past type stuff. But Bishop, whenever he came back, and I remember he, like his thing, for the future. Like he did that. But I remember he did that. And he commenced to shooting like every X-Men with his little. laser sight. <laughs> <On laughs> I was like, I had never seen that. Done. And he's like, for the future. And it's like, he shot Gambit cyclops rogue i was like bruh chill so but that was just like a, a wild a wild point save the future <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> and, then, and then another one really quick was going into the phoenix saga i think this was the first time maybe i've seen a crossover to this extent or at least to, to this level but there was an episode i think it was like in season three part of the phoenix saga when it's like the whole world is just, like, falling apart and all, all of this stuff happening. They show, like, you, sh- you see Spider-Man. He, like, shoots his web. He saves this. This, like, bench was going to hit a woman or whatever. He, like, saves this woman. Then War Machine flies through and saves somebody. They've got, I don't remember the other heroes, but, like, someone in, like, Fiji and, like, all of this stuff, all these different heroes, some of which they maybe had a little bit in the episode and some of which you just never even seen before but it really expanded that whole thing of oh outside of just the x-men and basically the people that that are on magneto's team there are mutants really all around the world and they're not just being like we just sit around until the x-men involves they're like no we're you don't see us but we're constantly saving people doing this and that so that that was just like to me one of my favorite episodes it really expanded that whole universe or world I guess
3: <laughs> so for me it was it was in the last season they had a it was called the, it was a two episodes called phalanx the phalanx thing okay so yeah how, how
1: do you pronounce it phalanx? Phalanx? phalanx whatever
3: I know exactly what you're talking about though mm-hmm. with warlock yeah yeah so it was like it's almost like the symbiote from, um, from Venom, but it's like a techno symbiote. And like it takes, so it's taking over everybody across the world and stuff. And just like it's coming to get everybody. And I, the reason that one was my favorite. So my favorite surprise, surprise, my favorite X-Men, cause I include him in X-Men is Magneto. And so any episode where Magneto like gets busy, I'm always a fan and like with this episode like so by this time in season 5 Magneto is done fighting he's like i don't want nothing to do with none of y'all y'all leave me out of this they got to drag this man out he the only person in the world who can like help because like he get like this he got the the magnetism and all this stuff going and i, I don't know i i like that I, there was something about that where it was like yo mag y'all got to drag magneto out but when magneto come back like everybody know who he is and it it, it just always was like he's he's coming to save the day y'all know he's gonna be around y'all know he's gonna be around the baddest man come to do it again (laughs) Can,
1: can I just say we didn't talk about Magneto too much in this episode but like the one thing that translate in almost every medium is Magneto being a badass like yeah. they you will never see magneto not be a badass in any Absolutely. single iteration of magneto ever he shows up and you're like it don't matter if he's old it don't matter if he's young it don't matter if he's thin it don't matter if he's swole magneto's a badass he Always, shows up yeah it's a problem for whoever he's against
3: it's a problem yo okay last little comic piece i'm going to introduce so I'm. i've been reading the current the current run of x-men And there's a fight that happens. And Cliff Notes version, like, he's Magneto's fighting, like, somebody, like, on the Thanos level. And the man- Thanos' brother, I believe. Yeah, yeah, like, his brother. He rips Magneto's heart out. But Magneto don't die because he is using, he is pumping his own blood through his body because of all the iron in his blood. Like, this man literally got his heart ripped out and stayed alive just long enough to get his lick back.
0: Wow. That's the
3: type of, like, <laughs> that that type of character? Like, yo. So that, that like, whenever I see him in, in, in the animated series, it's like, hey, they're going to give us the kid version, but I know what he really, yeah. what he's really about.
1: Yeah. I love that because I'm That like, was one of the best moments I've ever read. This man had a hole in his chest. It just had his power circulating his blood. Just dying just long enough, like nah, I'm gonna get your ass.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
4: gonna get, you I'ma that get your ass,
2: and I'm gonna save these mutants, and then I'm gonna die. <laughs> Man, that's, a that's a that's a like I love that because I'm like he he makes you smarter, like e- even in a sense of because that happens, and then you think about it, you're like, oh yeah, we do have iron in our blood, and you think of like you know magnetism and things like that it's like oh yeah, he can he could like do stuff with the ground as well because yeah. there's like iron and minerals and and essentially metallic things in the ground, and you're think- like. You become like a science major.
0: <laughs> it's interesting, Nels. You said like he's consistent through all mediums. It's like the writing for Magneto is always done very well, no matter like what, like, and it's always done very carefully. It's like he's a threat, but he's not necessarily a like traditional villain, right? He he's definitely a threat, but it's not like he's like mustache twirling. It's like, and we they're always writing in a way where like, well, I get what he's talking about, you know, I may not. Agree, but like I, I understand how we got here, you know, and like it's funny how that's always consistent with all Magneto throughout every every medium.
1: Well, I will say in the early, early like Stanley Jack Kirby, he was kind of a mustache twirling villain, but that sucker ended quick. Like once <laughs> once they continued to evolve Magneto, you really got to see like Shannon, what you were saying, the MLK Malcolm X dynamic, and you were seeing like dang. Like, even if you were to look on, like, the Wikipedia, they don't list Magneto as a villain. Like, he is considered mm-hmm. a neutral character. Because, mm-hmm. like, granted, in the in the anime intro, it is X versus Magneto. But they don't consider him a villain because, like, the, the brother was right. What you of, know? What, like, so.
4: He's considered a Magn-
1: hero to all mutants. So,
0: anyways. One of my favorite Magneto moments, it's in a terrible movie, but in X3 when the professor dies and the little pyro dude is like, I would have killed the professor for you if you had asked me. And Magneto stops him. He's like, Charles Xavier has done more for mutant kind than you'll ever know or something like that. And I, I love that moment because he's like, yo, we were we were at odds and maybe I would have had to kill him. But, like, no, you're going to respect that dude. Like, It's like, what is it, in Gangster New York, when Bill the Butcher puts Leonardo DiCaprio's dad's photo on the – on the, on the the ledge cuz he's like this is my enemy but like I respect him and like I was just I love that moment but out from the TV show two two y'all like everything else said is probably like, my favorite moments but two moments that are stood up to me as a kid one of them I don't know why but the episode with Storm Sun where she goes to Africa and he's got like the the Jordan jersey on and he's really fast
4: mm-hmm. and
0: and like I don't know the it's like the Shadow Man or something and he stills Storm soul or something, and he runs yeah. in the Shadow Realm at the end. I don't know, but like some about that episode, I like never forgot that episode as a kid. It just stuck with me. And then I was like, oh, so it starts like he's my son, and he's like, goodbye, back to America, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, Damn, all right. <laughs> I got a you life know, to live. I, I, got lie, I got a whole thing back in America, son. You be you all right. A, you fast. You got a Jordan jersey. Hey, you do those better. You than got more than I the- started <laughs> with. You be all right. You'll be, you be just fine. And if you ever make it to America, you're like... <laughs> but, Come to death row. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but... um, And then one more... Like, as a kid, this is how I knew I was watching, like, a big-time show. Do y'all remember at the end of this Phoenix saga... And I don't, I don't know. Jean sacrificed herself, or she stayed in space. I don't know. And everyone's all sad. They're looking at the like the ocean. Beast gives some like poetry. He like says some poetry, and he's like, "It's it's as hard as the flames of hell." And I was like,
4: "They said they said hell in a cartoon."
0: <laughs> I remember like boom, mind. Blown. I was like, "How how could you do that? How did they get away with that?" Like I remember, my like, I was like. What am I watching here? Like, this is... You know when you're a kid and you're like, I shouldn't be watching this. This isn't for me. Like, I need to run away. Like, I was just blown away. Like, how did you say hell in a cartoon? <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: yeah, Beast drop some lines, man. All right, y'all. To, to, to wrap it up, I am curious on what you all consider the legacy of this show. Obviously, the show... I mean, we've been talking for a minute. The show clearly meant a lot to a lot of us. And... I can imagine for all the members in the pop cult. If you listen to to pop cult parent, you, you watch the X-Men show. And if you haven't, you're probably going to after this episode. So like this show meant a lot to, to a generation. Yeah. And I'm curious what you all think the, the legacy of this show was.
0: So who, um, who, who like. Joined? Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll go first real quick. I just, I'll wrap up real quick. Like this was my introduction to the X-Men. I knew, I knew of X-Men, I don't know like how I knew but I knew of them but this got me into the X-Men as a as a IP and I think it did for a lot of people and then this show is such a legacy that it just kept going one of my favorite games of all time Marvel versus Capcom Capcom yeah. those and in the Marvel the X-Men versus Street Fighter those yep. designs are from this show they're yep. like they just took these designs and put them in that in in, in that game and it's the same voice actors because they knew, like, this is gold. Don't touch it. Just, you know what I'm saying? So people love this. They, you know, people, when the movies came out, they're like, yo, where's the blue and yellow, you know? And I think there's a reason why 30, what, 30, 20 years later, I don't know, that this show is coming back. It's one of the greatest TV shows of all time. It, it, it may, I don't know if it's even cartoons. Let's say it's maybe top ten. TV shows, mm, fifteen twenty, but it's up there. It's 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 well made, and it ages like fine wine. Like it 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 like doesn't miss a beat. Like this stuff is just good. The only thing that dates it is like the the nineties kind of aesthetic, but even that, it's just a time capsule. A, a, it's a it's period a piece. Well, no, it's a period piece now. It's not even like nostalgia. It's just a period piece of a story that takes place in the nineties. And, and it's one of my favorite things I've ever seen.
2: Yeah, Le- legacy wise, similar to Mark, this was my yeah, basically my introduction to the X Men, and so this was my introduction. Pretty much everything I know about the X Men has come from watching this cartoon. And then even when the movies came out, I'm using the I'm using this cartoon to be like, Th- that ain't right, that ain't right, you know. This, <laughs> <laughs> like, even though, even though the whole world of comics is standard. I- yeah yeah
0: definition 2000 shannon with his checklist he's
2: like "Mm, mm, yeah mm." yeah (laughs) that that ain't how you do rogue no that ain't how you do (laughs) and so i'll say yeah with with that when when i look back to you know the the especially the superhero action you know cartoons and things that i grew up on i mean it is definitely x-men spider-man spider-man batman you know maybe a couple more but But it's definitely like X-Men, X-Men is that that foundation. And even with that, to me, it drives all of this. And now that we're in this realm of, you know, redoing the MCU and doing all these different things, it even has me thinking of, again, some of the Hollywood stuff, you know, legacy wise, where I'm like oh, like now, they can probably now do a proper Rogue because, you know, they could never do Captain Marvel before. So now maybe they can do a proper Rogue as opposed to, you know, what we saw in the early 2000s, late 90s, whenever that was. You know, so just little things like that, that you're like, oh, we couldn't get these characters the way that the way that they were in, say, that cartoon because of all this other stuff. Because, you know, like I said, you can't have Rogue without mentioning Captain Marvel you can't or you know Carol Danvers in general you can't have you know some of the stuff like a proper you know some of these proper characters and all of this without mentioning and introducing these others so for me it's it's that legacy while also I guess future as well whereas sort of lays the groundwork for that yeah I would say so one this cartoon means the world to me
3: and I still watch it all the time I'm like I'm in my 40s and I watch it consistently. But I think if I'm thinking about like the impact of it, I think it it gave me a really good example of like just like what quality like entertainment and television like should look like. So the thing I think about the as a great example is like I think about season 2 of the of the series. So this is the season where like Professor X is like missing for half of the time. And then there's the big showdown in the, in the, in the Savage land where like the X-Men, everybody got to go squad up and save him and Magneto and stuff. Right. But if you go all the way back to the very beginning of the season, like there, it, so the way like all the episodes are going, like it starts off with like, there's this wedding that happens. And then, Oh, by the way, Professor X went to Antarctica. Oh, he's gone. And like, he's missing. Nobody knows what's going on with him. So then, every single episode you're getting all these different stories but then like for maybe if the if the episode is 20 minutes maybe for five minutes in each episode there's the story of professor x of magneto yeah. and like everything that they're going on in the savage land if you just watch just that story by itself it's compelling and it's like it gets you invested in the characters so like this as a child i like used the first time like i'm understanding like yo Multiple plots are happening at the same time and they're all starting to converge. And so like that that is it's like it's like Game of Thrones. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's how I can now I understand this sort of stuff. And so just as like a at like now kind of like looking back, it's like, yo, I was introduced to like quality, quality entertainment at an early age. And because I like can now what now when I watch TV and I don't see entertainment. I have something to reference it to. So like I think like just the impact of it like it was really it was really well well done and like well thought out and like you you don't get that every day right now. Nope. No. Nope.
1: Funny enough Mike, the Iron Man cartoon did a similar thing. Straight up stole it. You would just see the Mandarin at the end of each episode slowly collect his rings oh, back yeah. episode after episode. Yeah. So you know how for most folks, they are comic book heads. And because their love of comic books has them love these TV shows and then the movies. That was not my story. I started like my love for superheroes started from Batman, this show and Spider-Man. This is what, what launched my love for superheroes and had me start reading comic books. If it wasn't for X-Men, I wouldn't have become a comic book head. Like, this was the launch of my love for superheroes. So this show means a whole lot to me. And it is one of the best shows out there. And, like, honest to goodness, like, I'm sure I'm not alone. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people who fell in love with superheroes because of this cartoon and started reading comic books because of this cartoon. And, yeah, I think that's just the power of this show. And, yeah, it's quality. That's why we're getting the sixth season. Because it was that good. So there's that. And the other thing I'll say, I have a, I have an idea of what the sixth season is going to be. If you all remember the last episode, which was amazing, even though the animation, the budget changed and it didn't look yeah, that, as good that, as it, it that did. animation
0: budget is woo.
1: Animation, was, <laughs> it
4: got rough, it got rough.
1: But the story was still dope. So if y'all don't remember, Magneto was about to start the the mutant revolution the day he has been dreaming for his entire life and then gene wolverine and psychops come in and is like if if xavier has ever been your man you have the power to save his life and he's like "Yo, on my day on the day that i'm going to finally lead the mutant revolution You're saying I have to choose between the revolution and saving my worst, my like worst enemy slash best friend's life. Damn you, Professor X. (laughs) (laughs) Damn you. (laughs) And I think the line that like got him, like Cyclops was like, he would do it for you. Mm. And he was like, Mm. damn, because you all know if it, Professor X would stop everything to save Magneto's life. Yeah. Which is wild. So anyways, this is what I think is going to happen. It's based off of Grant Morrison's run of X-Men. Mike, have you read this? Oh, Grant Morrison's run? Of course of you have. Course. Yeah, my, a, of course. Yeah, Mike. He's a... Grant Morrison does one of the... Grant Morrison is a legendary. He's considered one of the greatest comic book writers of all time. He wrote a run of X-Men. He's also ridiculous. He's a psychopath. But he he wrote a run of X-Men. And one of the big stories is Professor X, after like reestablishing like the school... He gets really sick, really bad, and then goes to what's her name? Lalandra and the Shiar Empire. But then he comes back and he's off. Like something happens up there, and he's off and he's back and he's like a super villain. And you don't find out until later, but he's like possessed by his evil twin sister named Cassandra Nova, who is a diabolical telepath who's as strong and ridiculous as Professor X, but she's evil. So just imagine Mm -hmm. Professor X being evil, but you don't really find out till later. If that's the story that I think they'll do, which I'm not sure they'll do, but it's like the way the episode ends, that is the straight up lead up to the start of the Cassandra Nova story. If that's what they do, buckle up, folks. Buckle (laughs) up. (laughs) It's about to. Be, that is going to be a fun ride. I'm sure whatever we have is going to be great. But if that's what we get, so it's going to be so a fun now, ride. So
0: now, since you since you throwing theories out, I just want to throw one out there too. And I think the MCU has been giving us a lot of hints at this. I think it's no it's no secret that they're going to eventually bring X Men into the MCU. And I think X Men '97 are going to be that X Men that come into the X- MCU. Here's a couple of reasons why the whole the whole Hugh Jackman Wolverine suit thing and Deadpool 3 and if y'all saw the Deadpool trailer the TVA is involved I think we're going to have a lot of universal sh- shifting I think we're going to do some time stuff but I don't know if have y'all seen the the end of the marvels I just watched the post credit scene I didn't even yep. watch it mm-hmm. and yeah, mm-hmm. where, where Monica wakes up and she's with the X-Men yeah she's with
4: yeah okay beast. Yep.
0: that beast looks like beast from from this show Just like his design, like even how his teeth are, he looks like the Beast from this animated series. So I think that's where we're going. I think the X-Men from this animated series are going to be the X-Men that are in the MCU
2: moving forward. I love both of those theories. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I don't know which which one. It's Mentioning that, I was like, yeah, I I saw the Marvels, and I'm just like, that would be dope if they do that. Because, I mean, yeah, they... I feel like that's the way they're going to have to put him in there. there it's going to be some type of, oh, because of an interdimensional thing. And maybe we're acknowledging when we're in a yeah. different.
0: Cause it's Kelsey Grammer, right? It's that's, it's him. I'm pretty sure it was him, but it don't look like him from X3. He looks like Beast from this, the, this cartoon, just the way his hair is, his teeth is. So like, that's, that's my theory.
3: So I got two, I got, there's two things that's making me come to a, uh, where I think it's going to go. So the last episode uh, it was graduation day so when Professor S is leaving and Magneto's with the team and stuff right at the at the very top of that episode they were voting on a mutant containment act. Mm-hmm. Like that was the that was the backdrop for all of it. And then They do the thing, he pressed that button, now Professor X does all this sort of stuff, and then they just go all to the mutant stuff. They never came back to what's happening with that mutant containment act. God Love Man Kills? Huh? God Love Man Kills? Close, close. So the other thing that's going on is like Bishop is in the mix. You only see Bishop in the mix when it's some time travel stuff. Mm. So like there's going to be something that's around this containment act and something around time travel. And then the very last Easter egg that I noticed in there, if you look at the if you look at the trailer, you notice Gene is pregnant.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Oh snap! So you know those three things together, like there's some there's something in the mix there. There's something in the so I can't say for sure I know exactly how it's gonna happen, but in the comic books, Scott and Gene actually have a kid, and they have a daughter named Rachel Summers, yep. and like. She's from, so it's kind of similar to one of those other plots when Days of Future Pass all the mutants get like rounded up, and then Rachel, their daughter, is what they call like a hound. She like she goes to track these people down. If Bishop is in the mix, that means there's some time travel stuff. That act like they're they're about to try to contain all the mutants, like all of that. Like it's about I'm looking to
4: for go those down, yeah. Mike. I think you're right, Mike. And I, I think you're that. right.
0: It's
1: about something. to go down.
0: Since I got the experts here, can I ask y'all something? How do y'all think they're going to introduce mutants as a concept to the MCU? Because I I have a a wild guess theory. I don't think Wanda's dead, I think she's still alive. And I think it's going to be this. I think they're going to do it like a house. What is it? House of X, but like a reverse kind of thing. And like somehow Wanda creates mutants, but like I would just what like because this is clearly a universe where mutants isn't a thing. So like how do y'all think they're gonna bring them into the MCU? Yeah. House of them, you meant House of them? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, House of them.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think Scar- Scarlet Witch is probably one of the easiest routes for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she one of the easiest routes for happen, but like mm-hmm. it they they keep hinting at it enough to say like mutants kind of exist now, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got the, Quicksilver
0: the and Wanda, but like they never used the M word, you know, and that was a lot of like legal stuff they couldn't uh, so until, the, Ms.
3: End Ms. until yeah. the end of Miss Marvel. Until the end of Miss
1: Marvel, then they yeah. used the term mutant and Namor calls himself a mutant. Yeah. He does. In yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's starting to come around, but I honestly like the easiest way would be, or the smartest way, I should say, would be what you just described. Like, I actually thought the end of WandaVision was going to be, like, she expands her, like, whatever her, her powers Power. are called. Yeah. Across the world. And she does mm-hmm. House of M, reverse House, house of M. That would have been the best way to end WandaVision. No shade, Disney, but it is <laughs> what it is. I guess they weren't ready to do the the mutants world, but, like, expand the rest of the world, do a reverse House of M, and instead of... What does she say at the end of House of M? No more mutants, she says... Yeah. Everyone's a mutant or something like that, or we'll have mutants. It would have been delicious. Anyways, I think what will happen is an alternate universe. Yeah. I do not, I do not foresee them being like the mutants as a people have such a rich history that it's hard for me to think that like they just been around. And not doing nothing or saying nothing. Like, I don't think they could pull that off. So I I think they're going to have to go with the alternate universe. And then doing, like, incursion type of thing. And then all these different universes become one universe. Like, at the end of one of the Jonathan Hickman, like, stories. And what's it called? A New World. I forgot all that stuff. But, like, Secret Wars. Like, at the end Mm -hmm. of the Secret Wars, all the, the worlds coming together in this one world. And that's how you get... The, the mutants and Fantastic Four and all and the current MCU all in the same planet, but it won't happen till after secret war. So I think it's going to have to be an alternate universe.
2: Yeah, My, my, my hope too, is that, like I said, they just put mutants in there. Like, go ahead, give us like beast. I don't know a beast, Wolverine, whomever, like, as they are now instead of waiting because, because something that was coming to mind too. And I'm trying to think like, if this isn't too, inhuman like in terms of inhumans because we don't really want to go that way <laughs> but but it's like you know to be a mutant like you have the X gene so I'm like if they wanted to play the long game they could be like oh the X gene has always been around and then just like now because of who knows Wanda something happened that now has activated the X gene yeah. and so now we start getting mutants you know it, even though it's like they, they technically have always been around the gene just wasn't activated yeah. Hey. But I feel like that would be such a long game and I'm like, I don't really want that. Just give them to us now.
0: <laughs> Speaking on something like that, I got, I'm sorry, I know we're trying to wrap up, but I got the expert here, so I can't pass up on this. But like, can y'all explain to me, like, in the world like Marvel, the comics, whatever, how come you, there's a world where like, that person's a mutant, get that dirty mutant, and then they're like, hi, Spider-Man, like, <laughs> hi, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, what what makes someone a mutant and like, and allows them to be discriminated against in in the Marvel world. You want to go? You want
3: me to go? I'll go. You want to go?
0: Okay, I'll go. I'll go. You clean it up. All right.
1: <laughs> so the, the definition of a metahuman versus like a mutant is that something happens to a human and they get powers, whether it's a freak accident, chemicals, all that. And the third, that is like how Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, and the Incredible Hulk, like, have their powers. Mm-hmm. Like, st- something happened to a human, and now they have powers. It's not a thing that just happens. So yeah. humans do not feel threatened that they are going to be replaced by metahumans. It's mm-hmm. their humans that a thing happened to. Mutants are the future of. They are the next level of evolution. So humans feel threatened by mutants because they feel like they're going to be replaced. Mm. by them so it's like imagine you are seeing a superior a superior race of people like just slowly start to populate the world and you are like all of a sudden feel like you are inadequate and you are seeing your inadequacy up close and personal every time you see a mutant and they're the others and so you're like no i'm not ready to consider myself to be inadequate let's kill them get Mm. rid of everyone with the x gene because like They just they represent change and difference, and I don't I don't want to feel less than. So let's get rid of all of them. They're monsters instead of seeing them as like the next step in the in the nature of humans. Gotcha. Now to like kind of like further complicated, but also make it simpler and easier. Mister Fantastic, Susan Storm, they're metahumans. They were humans that got powers, but their kid Franklin Richards was born with powers. He's actually considered a mutant because he was born with, with mutant abilities. powers. Yes, with mm, abilities. Okay. So that's like, you know, just to kind of.
0: Two metas make a mutant. A little all bit right. <laughs> Not all the
1: time because they have a daughter. <laughs> she's a regular human. She's smart yeah. as hell, but she's a regular human. So it doesn't necessarily mean two meta humans come together. They make a, a mutant. Got you, got just what so happens that the one that they did. He just, he was, he was born with the X gene.
4: Mm-hmm. And
1: he is probably the strongest mutant in the history of the world. So, mm.
4: okay, yeah. thank Mike, you.
3: Would, how would mm-hmm. you? Any anything? Any want to clean that up? No, I was gonna say you, you said it well in the comic books that we're, though so humans are Homo sapiens and the designation for mutants are Homo superior. So they all they always talk about like the fact that like they're trying to get them to coexist. But if you just break if you if you're describing them like that, like it's the same thing that happened with like when Homo sapiens came up and then like there was some still like the Neanderthals. Eventually yeah. the Homo sapiens made sure there was no more Neanderthals.
0: I, I just I just love that. It's
3: like look look, we're
0: we're we're just like you. We're just the same, but call us Homo superior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I love that. That's- <laughs> But we are
2: just people like the rest of (laughs) y'all. Take away my ability to fly, see through walls, run faster than than the speed of life, just like you. (laughs) Put my pants on one leg at a time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I can read your mind. I can control
1: your thoughts. (laughs) I can make you do things that you did not intend to do just with thinking. But besides that fact, I'm
0: human just like you. You know what they should have done? They're like, we're not a threat, Gene. Pour that man a cup of coffee. Uh, uh, <laughs> like, like, oh, you see? Oh. <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: no, mutants are not a problem at all, Senator. <laughs> we got nothing to worry about. <laughs>
1: oh, man. All right, y'all. Anything else before we wrap
0: up? Nah, man. Yo, this was great. Mike, thank you for being yeah. here, dude. This was awesome. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: No, thank you for inviting me. This was a great time, man. This was a great time. Anytime we have anything X-Men related, Mike, please know you have a standing invitation. Call me up, call me up. I'm always ready.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, sir. And thank you, Pop Call. Thank you for listening. You can find us on all social media at popcallparent P-O-P-C-U-L-T P-A-R-E-N-T. You can visit us at www.popcultparent.com. Email us at popcultparent at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate us, review, and subscribe. And as always, join the cult. Peace.
2: <laughs> we out. We'll i